All right, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson resigns. And the reason I'm laughing is actually not because it's funny that Boris Johnson resigns. It's because I was just laughing with my producer, Matt, because we were talking about the Hunter Biden video, the one of him in this sensory deprivation egg, and he's smoking and drinking in this therapy. And we were talking about editing the clip and how it's too bad that we have to watch it. But since we did, you also have to watch it. Uh, So we will talk about that shortly. But this is kind of big news. It's interesting how much people around the world care about what happens in the UK, because what happens in the UK is a little bit of a canary in the coal mine when it comes to politics. And Boris Johnson resigning isn't just an internal UK governmental shakeup. This is actually indicative of something much larger that's happening all around the world. And it's related to this this new world order that the left has been trying to impose on all of us, you know, the the Great Reset World Economic Forum um, type of stuff. And so I want to really dig into this today. Before we get to that, Um, I want to invite you to join me in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be spending the week in Washington, D.C., July 25th through 30th. I will be at the Young America's Foundation's National Conservative Student Conference, and you are invited, or if you are a college student, you are invited, or the college student in your life is invited. Um, You can go to yaf.org slash events. I've spoken at this conference for several years. It's one of my favorite events to attend. The students are so hungry for truth, for reality, to learn how to be the next generation of freedom fighters. The lineup is incredible. There's Congressman Chip Roy will be joining me, Molly Hemingway from The Federalist, Andrew Clavin, Betsy DeVos, Governor Scott Walker, former Vice President Mike Pence. 30 prominent speakers will be taking the stage, and it's going to be great. If you use my promo code, which is Liz, L-I-Z, then you can get half off of tuition. Tuition is already very inexpensive. It's $150 for the entire week. But if you use Liz, you get half off of that. YAF.org slash events. This is about two weeks away. So we're running out of spots. We're running out of time. But I wanted to extend this invitation to you while there is still time for you to join us. Okay, Boris Johnson, though. I'm very excited to talk about this today. So let's dig into what this means on in the global sense. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. I love GenuCell plant stem cell therapy. I've used it all over my face, under my eyes, and it cleared up the dry flakiness and even reduced my forehead lines. Someone even asked if I had surgery or procedures done. Nope, just GenuCell. Thank you. That, my friends, is a review from Samantha from Arcadia, California, raving about her transformative results. Genucel has sold over 1 million products to women and men across this great country of ours, and everyone falls in love with the results. Fine lines, forehead wrinkles, dark spots, even those annoying bags and puffiness, gone right before your eyes. Best of all, guaranteed results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Now see the difference for yourself with 65% off their most popular packages at GenuCell.com. That's 65% off all customer favorites, including the classic under eye bags and puffiness treatment. Visit GenuCell.com slash Liz. It's spelled G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Liz. And then use my promo code Liz at checkout for an extra 20% off. Order today and get their summer essential, the dark spot corrector, absolutely free. Go to GenuCell.com slash Liz. GenuCell.com slash Liz. Okay, Senator Mitt Romney wrote an op-ed in The Atlantic on July 4th. And I I, I think he believes he's sounding the alarm on Donald Trump in our country. The the article is actually worth reading because it's indicative. It, 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 It it ties in with uh, what's happening in the UK with Boris Johnson resigning. So I want to read a little bit of, of this because Mitt Romney is obviously 
very much a never Trumper. He actually voted to impeach President Trump during the Ukraine, the, the invented Ukraine fiasco with the so-called whistleblower. And this is what Mitt Romney writes about Donald Trump and more, more importantly about Joe Biden. He says, even as we watch the reservoirs and lakes of the West go dry, we keep watering our lawns, soaking our golf courses and growing water thirsty crops. As inflation mounts and the national debt balloons, progressive politicians vote for even more spending. As the ice caps melt and record temperatures make the evening news, we figure that buying a Prius and recycling the boxes from our daily Amazon deliveries will suffice. When TV news outlets broadcast video after video of people illegally crossing the nation's southern border, many of us change the channel. So let me hit pause on this for a second. I didn't realize that Mitt Romney was so entirely bought into the leftist climate change agenda. Not just, not just their solutions to climate change, the political policies that they prescribe as the one and only fix to climate change. Socialism, if you didn't know, actually will solve the climate change crisis, according to the left. I didn't know he bought into this idea that fluctuations of our temperature are a crisis. There are fluctuations of our temperature. I'm not even disputing the fact that that humankind may be contributing to some of the fluctuation in temperature, but to paint this as a crisis of this proportion is simply unscientific. I didn't realize Romney was this bought into it, but he says, what accounts for this blithe dismissal of potentially cataclysmic threats? The left thinks the right is at fault for ignoring climate change and attacks on our political system. The right thinks the left is the problem for ignoring illegal immigration and the national debt. But wishful thinking, he writes, happens across the political spectrum. More and more, we as a nation in denial. We are a nation in denial. I have witnessed, he said, time and time again, in myself and in others, a powerful impulse to believe what we hope to be the case. We don't need to cut back on watering because the drought is just part of a cycle that will reverse. With economic growth, the debt will take care of itself. January 6th with a false flag operation. A classic example, Romney writes, of denial comes from Donald Trump. I won in a landslide. Perhaps this is a branch of the same delusion that leads people to feed money into slot machines because I really want to win. I believe that I will win. Just wait. He says, when entire countries fail to confront serious challenges, it doesn't end well. He then says, President Joe Biden is a genuinely good man, but he has yet been unable to break through our national malady of denial, deceit, and distrust. A return of Donald Trump, Romney writes, would feed the sickness, probably rendering it incurable. He then concludes by saying, I hope for a president who can rise above the din to unite us behind the truth. Several contenders with experience and smarts stand in the wings. We intently watch to see if they also possess the requisite character and ability to bring the nation together in confronting our common reality. Okay, so I read this and I thought, wow, this is an incredibly dumb article. It, it adds nothing to the national conversation except what it doesn't say. What Romney doesn't, doesn't, acknowledge here. And I, I, I've always found it fascinating to, well, to psychoanalyze these never Trumpers, especially ones who have historically been rather conservative people, because I wonder how can you miss, how, how can you miss what's right in front of your face? How can you, how can you see what the radical left is trying to do, whether it's through Medicare for all, socialized healthcare that would lead to rationing of care, government telling you what you can and can't have in way of medical treatment, whether it's the Green New Deal that would push us into economic socialism, whether it's critical race theory and queer theory in our schools that will destroy the nuclear family and the social mores of our nation. I, I, I have never been able to quite understand why otherwise conservative, whether it's pundits like David French or Jonah Goldberg or politicians like you know Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney, why these never Trumpers are the way that they are. What, what, is, what, is, 
what has gone haywire in their minds that would um, that would blind them to the reality that Donald Trump is not a threat to our nation. The radical left is a threat to our nation. And in order to disrupt a threat, sometimes it has to it has to be bombastic. Sometimes it has to send mean tweets in order to break through break through the monopoly of of big tech. And that a nasty tweet is nothing compared to a radical leftist ideology that would take us back to socialism, that would transform our country into a Marxist utopia that would result in communism and oppression and tyranny and death. And I think Mitt Romney, it, it, illustrates exactly what is missing, exactly what's gone haywire in the minds of these never Trumpers. And the the word for it, it's actually a very tame word. It's naivete. They are actually naive to what we are fighting against. Because think about this. If, if, if you believe that Joe Biden is a genuinely good man, as Mitt Romney said, then you also, you don't believe then that he's pushing a Marxist agenda. You believe that he's just a misguided politician, a politician with good intentions who just has unwise or unprudent policies that that don't practically work. If you believe that, then your reaction to that politician and to his policies that you believe are simply impractical or unwise, your reaction is going to be very different. Then if you understand that Joe Biden, regardless of his history, has been co-opted by very radical leftists who embrace a Marxist ideology and that the policies that they're pushing are not misguided. They're not simply impractical. They're not just dumb. They are specifically designed to to fundamentally transform the United States, whether it is the energy policies that are specifically designed to cause gas prices to skyrocket to the point that even Biden admits, well, we have to let you, meaning you and I, the people, be in this kind of pain for long enough that we can shift our economy to this green energy economy. You know, or or the Medicare for all proposal that comes from the left where they simply don't care if you are not going to get the medical care that you need because they believe that that the, the the means, the means you not getting the medical care you need justify is justified in the end because government will have control. These policies are deliberately designed by those who don't want freedom, those who think the United States is illegitimate, those who want to tear down our institutions and replace them with Marxist institutions. And so if you, like Mitt Romney, view Joe Biden as a genuinely good man, your response is going to be very different than you're going to say, well, those bombastic tweets are are uncalled for. This is not how gentlemen behave when gentlemen are having a debate. But if you understand that the mainstream media has been co-opted by these same Marxists and government who are trying to undermine our institutions to delegitimize our country in order to usher in Marxism, then, oh my goodness, who gives a rat's tail about a mean tweet when that mean tweet is serving the purpose of exposing this radical leftist agenda? And so Mitt Romney's article in, in, in substance is completely useless. He's, he's an absurd person at this point. And I say that with sadness. I voted for him in, in 2008 and 2012, but it shows the problem that these never Trumpers are suffering. They're suffering from naivete. If you don't acknowledge what it is that you are fighting against, then your tactics and your strategy are going to be completely misguided. They're going to be completely wrong. Um, and I, 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 I don't understand, actually, there's, there's a second level of this. So that's the logical breakdown just in, in, in being a never Trumper in general. You don't understand what it is or you don't acknowledge the reality of what we're facing. But in order to look at Joe Biden and say that he's a genuinely good man, that part I simply don't understand and have no explanation for. Because think about what, 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 what makes a man good? What makes a person a good person? Typically, we would judge a person's goodness based on their actions and how those actions impact others. 
So what have Joe Biden's actions been? And we can even reserve this just for his presidency. We don't even have to look at the rest of his life or the rest of his life. What is, what is his action? What have his actions been? What have they done to us? Well, think about what he's done with spending. He spent at such an exorbitant rate, an exorbitant amount that it caused inflation, which hurt you and me. It made, it made inflation so high that even with our increased paychecks, it doesn't catch up to inflation. We have essentially taken pay cuts. It's made gas incredibly expensive, food incredibly expensive. Joe Biden has stopped the pipelines from operating. He's, he's, he's ended or refused to, um, refused to endorse federal leases. He won't let us drill for oil. He's, he's rendered us dependent on Russian oil. These are the actions that he's taken. I mean, think about his position on abortion. His position on abortion is that Roe v. Wade was rightly decided and that there shouldn't be restrictions on abortion from the moment of conception until the moment of birth. Think about the impact that that policy has, of course, on the unborn baby, but also on women across our country, on our nation's morals in general. Think about the racialism that he's embraced, equity, equity, racial equity, critical race theory. The Biden administration has implemented critical race theory type training at the federal government level. Think about him as a father in his personal life. He's a father to, to Hunter Biden. What has he done but enable, enable his drug addicted, corrupt son who has actually endangered the national security of our nation. So if we're, if we're judging a man, whether he's good or not, based on his actions and how they impact others, then putting politics aside, Joe Biden is not a good man. He is not, his legacy is not, um, is not one, that, one that should lead anyone, even Mitt Romney, to define him as good. So ironically, in this piece, Mitt Romney misses the entire point. He misses everything. Um, he, he is in denial He's in denial based on what we're fighting. He refuses to recognize and acknowledge that we're not, we're not fighting against dumb politicians who are misguided or impractical. We are fighting against a Marxist force that want to undermine our country. And, and this is where it ties into Boris Johnson and resigning as prime minister of the UK because people around the world, in Britain, in Canada, in France, in the Netherlands, in Italy, and even here in the United States are starting to understand exactly what I just, just described. They're starting to understand exactly the fight that we are fighting, exactly who our opposition is. And when you look at the resignation of Boris Johnson through this lens, it's actually phenomenal to see what's happening. Now, I like Bambi, and I think you will too, because small business owners, have you ever had an issue with employee attendance? Have you ever had an employee altercation in the workplace? Have you ever been confused on how to handle a situation with an employee? Have you ever had employee performance issues? Have you ever stressed about navigating through HR compliance? What a nightmare. Now, the bad news is that one complaint against your company can turn your world upside down. The good news is Bambi is here to help small business owners implement good HR practices. Bambi is an HR platform built for businesses like yours. So you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own dedicated HR manager. First, Bambi's HR Autopilot automates your core policies like workplace training and employee feedback. Then your dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance. They're available by phone, by email, or real-time chat. Now, an in-house HR manager can cost up to $80,000 a year. But with Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month. No hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. You run your business. Let Bambi run your HR. Go to Bambi.com slash Liz right now for your free HR audit. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Liz. Bambi.com slash Liz. So Boris Johnson resigned as prime minister of the UK um, and this is, what, this is what he tweeted. He said, I want to thank you, the British public, 
for the immense privilege of serving you as prime minister. I want you to know that from now until my successor is in place, your interests will be served and the government of the country will be carried on. Now, the reason Boris Johnson resigned, at least ostensibly, is because his background has been mired in scandals, at least recently. Scandals like Partygate. Partygate is, well, pretty much exactly what it sounds like during the very, very strict lockdowns, COVID lockdowns that were implemented, imposed on the British people by Boris Johnson. Behind the scenes, Boris Johnson was acting as an elitist. He was essentially pulling a Gavin Newsom French laundry situation where he was telling people they weren't allowed to leave their homes, they weren't allowed to run their businesses, they weren't allowed to go to school. Um, and he was he was throwing ragers. He was throwing ragers behind the scene with his government cronies. Um, nobody likes to see a hypocrite. Nobody likes to see an elitist. And he actually, that wasn't the, that wasn't the tipping point though, because Boris Johnson survived a vote of no confidence uh, about Partygate a month ago. There was also a sex scandal involving Boris Johnson. It was a report by Private Eye that said that some of Boris Johnson's aides walked in on Boris Johnson engaging in a sex act with what at the time was one of his aides and is now his, uh, or it was then his future wife, Carrie Simmons. This is back in 2018. So not exactly, not exactly what you want to see in your prime minister. But the real, the real um, scandal that caused him to resign, at least now, was the fact that Boris Johnson elevated a man named Chris Pincher, who had a, a, a sexual scandal in his background, a sexual harassment, sexual abuse type scandal, um, sexual misconduct, I should say, in his background. And this is when conservative ministers in the UK parliament said, uh-uh, we're going to resign if you don't resign, um, because they did not want him elevated. They thought that Boris Johnson was covering up for him. Um, Boris Johnson had appointed Pincher back in February uh, to that, to that, uh, to a higher role. And he, Boris Johnson essentially misled the public and said, oh, I wasn't aware at the time of these sexual misconduct allegations. And it turned out he was aware of the sexual misconduct allegations. So make of this what you will. This is the reason that Boris Johnson's party, the conservative party forced him to, to resign as prime minister because there were dozens of conservative parliament members who, uh, resigned if he didn't resign. Now, you might be thinking, you might be thinking, sure, these are bad. These are bad things. You know, you shouldn't engage in a, in a sexual affair uh, with one of your aides and you shouldn't be engaging in sex acts in your office, especially when your aides are going to walk in. You shouldn't be a hypocrite elitist and throw parties when you're locking other people down. And you sure, sure, sure as hell shouldn't be elevating someone who has a legitimate sexual misconduct history in their background to a high level of government. But at the same time, it's a little hard for me to believe that these scandals, even the combination of the three, that these scandals were the real reason that Boris Johnson resigned. I mean, think about governments around the world. Think about our, our government. Think about the Biden family, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Imagine for a second if we applied these same standards to American government. Imagine if every hypocritical politician who locked us down and then went out and partied and there are a myriad of politicians who unfortunately fit this bill. Imagine if all of those people were forced to resign in scandal. They actually should. They actually should. But that's not why Boris Johnson resigned. No, no. Boris Johnson resigned because of these sex scandals. And meanwhile, meanwhile, here in the United States, we have the son of the president, the sitting president of the United States, his son, who a video has just serviced from another video from Hunter Biden's laptop. I have never heard of any person, by the way, 
who videotapes themselves as much as Hunter Biden does in really creepy circumstances. Like, why would you be videotaping yourself when you were in a sensory deprivation egg? This is the video that I was laughing at when when we opened the show because I was just talking to my producer, Matt, about how weird this video is. And because I had to watch it, um, I want you to have to watch it too. Don't worry, this is blurred out, um, or at least the genital area is blurred out. And we didn't put any of the grotesque X-rated um, behavior on this. But this is Hunter Biden. He's in, he's in a therapy session. This is supposed to be a sensory deprivation therapy. I mean, it is what it sounds like. It's self-explanatory. But even though this is therapy, he is smoking and drinking alcohol while he is videotaping himself in this in this little egg. The most hilarious part of this video is the spa music playing in the background as Hunter Biden is using drugs and drinking in this therapy session. <laughs> what kind of freak records themselves doing this? <laughs> it's almost impossible to look away because it's so disturbing. And this, this isn't even the most disturbing part of this video. We cut out the part where he's touching himself. <laughs> Yikes, there's his face. Look at those vacant eyes. I mean, this is a troubled, troubled man. And I, I do feel sympathy for him. I do feel compassion for him. At the same time, this is the son of the sitting president of the United States. And he's not just a drug-addled individual. He's a drug-addled individual who sells the influence and access to the president to foreign governments around the world. And Joe Biden funds this lifestyle. There were text messages between Joe and Hunter that also were pulled from Hunter's laptop. And this is this this is what he said. Joe Biden texted Hunter and said, if you have a chance, call me. I'm clear for the next several hours. Hunter didn't respond. Joe texted again and said, I'm not concerned about paying back. Try calling tomorrow. And then Hunter says, okay, I tried a while ago. I had a full day with the people I'm working with here. I'm just getting back from dinner with them and I'm up if you are still up. And then Joe says, how much do you need? I'm at blah, 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 who cares where he is um, for an environment event and then home. And then Joe Biden says 75 being wired today. 75 means $75,000 that Joe Biden wired to Hunter Biden. Why? Because Hunter Biden complained that he didn't have enough money to pay for therapy like the sensory deprivation egg because he already had so much, uh, so much, so many bills to pay, alimony and other bills that he, that he owed. And so Joe Biden gave him $75,000 for things like this, like this. And, and you're telling me that this is not a scandal enough that would cause the president of the United States to even address this, let alone 
be impeached, let alone resign, let alone step away from the public life, not even for the sake of his own son, but because his son is a threat to our national security. So forgive me if I find it a little hard to believe that Boris Johnson resigned simply because he elevated one person who had a sexual misconduct scandal in his background. I'm not endorsing the fact that he did that, um, but it's a little hard to believe that that's the only reason why. There's something greater at play here. And the, 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 the thing that is, great, that is at play here that is much more significant than just a British prime minister stepping down is the world is starting to understand, especially Western nations, are starting to understand what our opposition actually is, the fight that we are actually facing, that it's not just misguided, dumb politicians with stupid policies that don't work, that we are facing a Marxist enemy who seeks to overturn and undermine our, our institutions and therefore our entire system of government. Now, I like Dormeo because really good, really nice mattresses are crazy expensive, but I still want to sleep on a bed that feels really good and really nice. If you suffer from achy hips, back or shoulders, then you have to try the premium mattress topper by Dormeo. At a fraction of the cost of a new mattress, you can get that new bed feeling without having to buy a new bed. Their smart body zoning helps create better support for your body while you sleep. That means no more waking up with unexpected aches and pains that you did not have the night before. Their mattress topper has a full range of sizes from twin all the way through king. They even have RV sizes and a new split head king. And it's perfect for everything from an adjustable base to a spare bed in the guest room to couches, futons, and boats. Basically, if you can sleep on it, they probably have a mattress topper for it. Plus, Dormeo is known for their incredible customer service. Don't believe me? Give them a call. Message them on their website and be amazed at how fast they respond. Let me tell you, they sent me one of these and I love it. I think you will too. Right now, if you go to dormeo.com slash Liz, you will receive 30% off your Dormeo mattress topper. That's the best offer you'll find anywhere, but you have to go to my URL, dormeo.com slash Liz. It's spelled D-O-R-M-E-O.com slash Liz. Remember, with our 10-year warranty and a 100-night risk-free trial plus free shipping, it's crazy not to give Dormeo a try. Okay, so around the world right now, and the, the, it's very interesting because during the COVID lockdowns, as you remember, when, when people of different countries, especially European countries, took to the streets to protest how unjust vaccine passports were, the mandates, businesses being closed down, the mainstream media and the left refused to talk about it. But before we get into that, if you haven't already, could you subscribe to my show on Apple Podcasts? Or if you watch, if you like to watch it in video form, if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel and give me a thumbs up. It's not only helpful for you so that you get notifications every time we publish a new episode or a new video. It also helps with the discoverability factor. It helps other people who might not have heard of what we are doing here with this show um, discover it see the content, join what we're doing. So go ahead and subscribe if you would on Apple Podcasts. Give me a five-star rating, write a review, tell me why you like the show, what episode you like best. On YouTube, if you could give me a subscribe and a thumbs up on the videos that you like, that would be hugely helpful. I am deeply grateful for the support that you give me on a day-to-day -day basis. It's really what makes this show a team effort. Um, okay, so let's get back to it. They did not report on these, these videos that we saw of just tens of thousands of people turning out into the street, trying to hold their governments, their politicians accountable. If you wanted to see stuff like that, you had to look on Twitter. You had to look to individual citizen journalists. You had to, you know, turn to independent independent news platforms like my show or a variety of others who were actually committed to reporting what was happening and not just pushing propaganda that the left wanted pushed. 
Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing again right now. In countries around the world, in addition to the UK, we're seeing this uprising by, by citizens, this uprising by the people against these, these elites who have embraced a great reset mentality or this new liberal world order mentality. And, and I, I, I don't use those phrases lightly. I use those phrases to describe this ideology where elitists believe that they know better than you. They, they label themselves as the, as the expert and you as you know the sorry, ignorant person. And they say, if we believe it's best for you, then you must accept this without question. You don't get to decide what's right for you. We'll decide right for you. And once they've set this, this premise, then they abuse that premise. They say, well, climate change is happening. Climate change is going to hurt you. Therefore, since we're the experts and you're not a scientist, we will tell you how to fix climate change. And under the guise of, quote unquote, fixing climate change, they push all kinds of, of crazy liberal policies. This is where we get the ESG standards, the environmental, social, and governmental metrics. It's a social credit score that's being applied to businesses. And if you don't adhere to this radical leftist ideology as a business, you'll get a low score on this ESG metric. And therefore, you'll be, you'll be edged out. You won't be able to get a loan. You won't be able to do any business with investment firms. You won't be able to start your business or operate in our economy unless you tow this, this radical leftist ideology. And we've seen leaders of Western nations embrace this Great Reset World Economic Forum ESG climate change agenda, not just in the UK. And it did happen in the UK. You'll remember that Boris Johnson, he came in as ostensibly as a, a no-deal Brexit conservative. But what did he end up doing? He ended up locking down the British people time and time again. He ended up acting as a tyrant who pretended to be an expert or using the excuse of, of science and expertise. He he tyrannized his people. He, he inflicted lockdowns on them that led, studies show, to more deaths than, more deaths from the lockdowns than perhaps even, even from COVID. The same thing happened in Canada. So Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is facing massive scandals right now. So not only did, um, did he reject the trucker convoy, did he ban the truckers from, from protesting the vaccine mandates that, that hurt them, that violated their, their medical freedom, but right now he's facing a massive scandal in Ottawa and, and a massive scandal because he is still doing what he threatened to do. He is still cracking down on anybody who participated, who organized, who supported, even monetarily supported the trucker convoy. You'll remember that video from a couple months ago where he said, if you gave even $50 to this trucker convoy, we will find you. Banks will find you. Your account will be frozen. You will be cut off. And we will not, we will be unrelenting hunting you down because we will not tolerate, well, you, you and your behavior. Well, fast forward to today, there are massive protests happening against Trudeau's government in Ottawa because there is a woman named Tamara Litch who was an organizer of the Freedom Convoy and she remains in jail because she she had the audacity, she had the audacity to participate in an award ceremony, an award ceremony given by um, a, a right-wing group of two basically freedom fighters in this Freedom Convoy. And uh, according to Trudeau's government that violated the, the terms of her parole, she was not allowed to appear on social media in any way, shape or form, um, and they threw her back in jail. And the people, the people of Canada are protesting against this because this is such a massive, massive scandal. People are ch 
chanting free Tamara Leach. Look at the crowd. First of July, Canadian Day, marching for freedom in downtown Ottawa. Now, this, I mean, that's not a small crowd. That's a big crowd of people, of Trudeau's constituents, his voters, who understand that what he did first with the trucker convoy, and then again, targeting conservatives via the banking system, and then telling Canadians that they have no right to self-defense with guns, that, that this is, this is the, the liberal world order that that these politicians like Trudeau have embraced. This is the impact that the liberal world order or the new world order implemented by liberals, if you want to be more precise here, um, this is the impact that it has that it has on people. This is why Trudeau's, Trudeau's popularity has tanked. It's why he's, he's incredibly disliked by the people who elected him just several years ago. The same thing is happening in France. President, French President Emmanuel Macron in France recently lost his majority. He won re-election, yes, but he lost his mandate to govern his country. He lost the ability to push his agenda through because the people of France understand that what Emmanuel Macron has done, especially through COVID, COVID for everything else that it, 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 it was, for everything that the left used it as an excuse to do, it has exposed the left for what they are, that they will use any anything that they can term an emergency as a way to impose their will, their political agenda on us. And so Emmanuel Macron lost his majority. He's now going to be forced to negotiate with the conservative Republicans in his country. It, it, it's basically the equivalent. What happened to Macron is the equivalent of a midterm election here in the United States where the president's party gets absolutely shellacked. So hopefully what will happen here in the United States in just a couple months to the Democrats in the House and Senate. That's what happened to Emmanuel Macron in France. What will he be able to accomplish now that he doesn't have uh, this mandate, that he doesn't have a majority? I mean, his party wants um, higher pay for public servants, higher pay for government employees. And, you know, the right in his country wants tax cuts. They want, they want spending to be reduced. They, they, they want sensible fiscal policies, and Macron stands for the opposite of that. He is, he is the Joe Biden of France, and his people have said no. His people are saying, no, we're not, we're not going to give you a mandate to govern that way anymore. The same thing in Italy. The Italian premier Mario Draghi in Italy, now this guy is a swamp creature if you, if you have ever seen one. He previously worked for the World Bank and he actually, his mandate when he got elected was to implement a technocratic government. What is a technocratic government? A technocracy means that so-called experts rule based on their area of expertise. So it's essentially what Fauci was trying to usher into the United States, that if a public health official says so, if a scientist says so, who are you the voters to question and why should you have any right to make any decisions or have any say over the policies that the scientists think are best? That's what a technocracy is. And that's what the premier of Italy was, was, was trying to do. He was trying to turn the Italian government into a technocratic government. And the result of that was insane lockdowns. You remember Italy at the beginning of COVID-19, their lockdowns were some of the harshest. They, to this day, have a green pass. It's what's called a green pass. It's, it's a vaccine passport in Italy. They have a requirement, uh, a mandate, a vaccine mandate for everybody over the age of 50 in their, in their country. Um, this, this is, this is so extreme the, the, the policies of, of Italian prior Italian premier Mario Draghi is so extreme that he almost faced an early election. The people almost kicked him out entirely. 
um, because the populist movement in his country said, I don't think so. The impact, the negative impact of these policies on the people are becoming very evident. And the policies, they're not just COVID related. It's an ideology that underpins the COVID policies, this ideology that says you're stupid, you the people are stupid, and we know better. We want a, a climate change-based ESG, liberal, socialist, redistribution, um, two-tiered system where you the people are, are made to play by different rules than we the elitists. Um, Draghi has sent military, more military aid to the Ukraine. This is actually what almost triggered this early election. He's focused on, yes, not just COVID, but also climate change. And people in his country are saying, wait a second, wait a second. We understand, we're starting to understand that what we're facing is not just a stupid politician with impractical policies, where they understand that what they're facing is Marxism. What they're facing are policies that will lead to, well, communism, because doesn't Marxism almost always lead to communism? The same thing is happening in the Netherlands. There were, there's a, a rebellion of Dutch farmers happening in the Netherlands. And I bet you haven't seen any videos of this, any headlines about this, any photographs of this, because the mainstream media here in the United States don't want to report on it. Why? Because the policies implemented in the Netherlands that led to this uprising of farmers are also being embraced here in the United States by, by leftist politicians. So there, there's a new government proposal related to climate change in the Netherlands that would force force the country to slash emissions um, of, of what they've deemed pollutants. So we're talking about nitrogen oxide and ammonia by half, by half just in the next eight years. Now, what would happen? What would happen to farmers? Well, they wouldn't be able to use fertilizer. They wouldn't be able to use pesticides. They'd have to cut their use of, of livestock. This would devastate farmers in the Netherlands. Um, and obviously people in the Netherlands who rely on the farmers for their food. Um, and so Dutch farmers, Dutch farmers have rebelled. They've said, wait a second, wait a second, before you do this in the name of climate change, telling us what we know best, let us have a voice. And the prime minister, Mark Rutt, has completely ignored them. He refuses to negotiate with, with them. So this is Dutch farmers have um, blockaded the airports. They've blockaded the highways, the ports. They've blockaded supermarkets and distribution centers just so the government of the Netherlands is forced to acknowledge the impact, what impact that policy will have on the Dutch people. Because blocking a distribution center, blocking a supermarket, blocking a highway, blocking an airport causes a huge disruption in the supply chain. Huge. It impacts people's lives. And that's just for a matter of days, one, two, three, four days a week. Imagine if farmers weren't able to grow crops, if they weren't able to, to, to grow livestock. This wouldn't be a couple of days of disruption. This would be a massive, massive crisis. Massive crisis. Even Dutch fishermen have joined in this blockade. Um, and, and who can blame them? Because it would impact them as well. It's completely insane that people in the Western world at this point in our world history have to resort to these type of protests to stop the liberal elitists from imposing their Marxist agenda on us. And of course, when these blockades happen, what, what do the law enforcement do? The law enforcement, which are under control of the government, go, I mean, they side with the government. They, they become the enforcers of tyranny. There's no, there's no audio on this video, but you can see exactly what's happening. It's a farmer in a tractor 
uh, participating in this blockade and this maniacal police officer comes at the driver with a firearm in this aggressive manner because this is what happens oftentimes. This is why this is this this happens more often than you'd like to admit in world history that police obey the government, even when the government becomes tyrannical. Law enforcement end up being the enforcers of of authoritarians and dictators. This is this is this is a dangerous reality that we need to come to grips with. And this, I, I mean this in no way disrespectfully to the United States law enforcement, but it is something, it is something to behold to see this happening in, in the Netherlands. Again, the Prime Minister of the Netherlands, the Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte, has actually said that he will not even negotiate with the farmers, even though the farmers are illustrating exactly the the, the crisis that will happen if the supply chain is disrupted because of a policy proposal by the government of the Netherlands that would last a lot longer than a two or a three or a four day or a week long disruption because of a blockade. If they are forced to not use fertilizer and pesticide and not raise livestock, this would be a crisis for the Netherlands. This is happening here in the United States too. So all of these different countries, the Netherlands, Italy, Canada, France, the UK. This is happening here in the United States too. That's why Joe Biden has an approval rating of just 36%. That's one third of Americans. One out of three Americans think Biden's doing a good job. The rest don't. Because we as a people, not just here in the United States, but all around the world in Western nations, European nations are starting to acknowledge what happens when radical leftist ideology that seeks to transform our country, that seeks to reshape this, this, this world order into, into something led by the World Health Organization and the United Nations and the World Economic Forum and the World Monetary Fund and these global elitists, we see the impacts that that has on our day-to-day life. This is the beginning of a rebellion against against, well, the Great Reset, against this, this, this new world order. When you put climate change first and these, these government elitists put their voters, put you and I as the people last, they, they, they're okay. This is a very shocking thing to come face to face with. But these global elitists are completely fine with taking you and I back to pre-industrial revolution poverty, to illness, to squalor. They, we hear all the time, especially since Roe v. Wade has been overturned, we hear from leftists, don't take us back. Don't, 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 don't turn the clock back. And of course, they're talking about abortion, which doesn't make any sense, um, because what, what, what are you talking about? Take us back to a time when every person was actually respected and protected under the law? No, that's just the line that they use to push, to push their abortion agenda. But what the left is actually doing in, in governments around the world, not just in our country, is they're trying to take us back to this pre-industrial revolution, poverty, this oppression, this tyranny, um, which the United States and our free market economy, coupled with the industrial revolution, which was which was driven by the United States, brought our world, pulled our world out of the majority of people suffering poverty and suffering illness and suffering squalor and suffering oppression and suffering de- uh, death. The elites would not be touched by any of that, but we will. And if we don't understand what we are fighting against, if we don't understand the reality of our opposition, then we're never, we're never going to be able to win, ever. But if we do understand, if we acknowledge that Joe Biden is not just a genuinely good person, if we acknowledge that what we're fighting is Marxism, what we're fighting is a battle of good versus evil, if we acknowledge this, 
then we actually can oust the corrupt elites at the highest echelons of governments all around the world who are actively, knowingly, intentionally, deliberately trying to ruin our lives by, impl- by imposing on us these draconian, unfair, and tyrannical policies under the guise of, of, of solving the climate crisis. That's the, bigger, the biggest takeaway of Boris Johnson resigning as prime minister of England. And that's what's at play. That's why this is not a small deal related to a couple of scandals in his background. This is a much, much bigger awakening that's happening around the world. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.